You're now listening to the Stouffville Pentecostal Church audio podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Our message today was preached by our lead pastor, Pastor Jeff Laird. Have a listen. I want to talk to you today about uh, something I'm calling the laws of the harvest. And uh, let me just get right into it today. Put up for me Mark chapter 4, verses uh, 26 to 29. And it says this. Jesus also said, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First, the leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. Say that with me. Harvest time has come. God has built order into the physical world and into the spiritual world. Like if someone decides to step off a roof and say to themselves, I'm going to now defy and break the law of gravity. What's going to happen? Well, they may break their arm, but they're not going to break the law of gravity, that's for sure. What that person actually does is demonstrate the law of gravity, right? It's actually real. It affects everybody. doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. This is a law that's in place. Many years ago, I I might have told this story before, but I'll just, it, it kind of applies real quick. It was my very first visit to Israel. And I was with my friend Rob, and we were down by the Sea of Galilee. We were in our bathing suits, and we were standing on a dock. And I said to Rob, I said, hey, you think I can walk right off this dock and keep on walking? I said, this is the place where Peter walked. Why can't I do it? And he goes, come on, man. You know, I said, watch this, watch this. So I backed up. Uh, I'm on, still on screen. I backed up, you know, walked. Got to the edge of the dock, kept walking. Guess what happened? Went right to the bottom. Yeah. And I was thinking maybe I shouldn't have had my bathing suit on. It was a lack of faith, you know? I don't know. But uh, anyway, I went to the bottom, and that's the way it goes. There there's certain laws that are in place that just work. They, they just work all the time. They're very, very consistent. And this little story, this little parable that Jesus uh, tells It shows us some truths about the laws of the harvest, and I want to share some of those with you. First point I want to make today is that we must plant seed. We must plant. Look at Mark chapter 4 again, verse 26, just this one single verse. It says, Jesus also said, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. So there can't be any harvest unless there is seed planted. Amen? Like we have to have a part to play in this. There's a process that needs to go on. And there will be no harvest unless the seeds are scattered. And Solomon said uh, something very interesting in Ecclesiastes 11 verse 4. Put that up for me. And he says this. He says, farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they'll never harvest. Meaning, like a farmer has his seed and it's planting time. He looks up into the sky and he says, oh, you know, 
maybe uh, it's it's maybe it's just going to be a bad year. Maybe they're going to be it's going to be a drought. Maybe we're just you know there's just going to be bugs are going to come and infest my farm this year. Like I don't think I I'm going to have a good chance of a crop. So I don't think I'm going to put the seed out. I'm, I'm just going to keep it in the barn. Well, if he does that, he'll never get a harvest, and no farmer would. He goes out there when he can, the opportunities, that as soon as he gets the opportunity and the time is right, the seed goes in the ground, and then he trusts that the process will begin. This is what happens. If, if he doesn't get the seed in the ground, there is no harvest. So there's a part that God plays, meaning the seed goes in the ground and it grows, it says, the, the story Jesus says, the seed grows all on its own. The farmer doesn't even know how it grows. He, he can't explain exactly how it works, but he knows it does. He just puts it in the ground and it grows. It's God's part. But the part that we're responsible to do is get the seed in the ground. Someone said yes. See, I'm just enjoying having people here. It's very thrilling for me. Yeah. <laughs> Just me and that camera for months, and I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad you're watching online. Now, thank you for coming today. Listen, he's asking us to play a part. He's asking us to have the faith to believe and to keep scattering the seed. Just keep doing it. If you're not scattering the seed, how can you expect a harvest? It won't happen. Time is short. Time is short. Have you got that sense during this time? We feel like this, this like, Jesus, even so, come Lord Jesus. Is that not been on your minds lately? It sure has been on mine. The time is short and we only have so long to plant. We only have so long to harvest. And just as a farmer must plant his seed in the spiritual sense, we've got to get our seed into the ground. We've got to get it scattered everywhere. And yes, I know that some are going to fall. The seed, Jesus says, some seed will fall on stony ground. Some will fall among thorns. Some will get choked out. But guess what? Some will fall on good soil. You don't have to try to decide what the rocky soil is, what the weedy soil is, what the good soil is. That, your job is not to grow the seed. Your job is to throw the seed. Someone said, uh-huh, right? So... The person that you think might be the, the least likely to receive the message of Jesus. So you decide not to throw the seed because somehow you're deciding. We are not called to decide. You're called to grow the seed, have faith and trust God and let him let the seed fall where it may. Our job is to plant and the Lord of the harvest makes it grow. It's on his timetable, not ours. God is working, Jesus says, whether you're sleeping, whether you're awake, the process is going on. You don't understand exactly how the seed grows, where the seed's going to land, how it's all going to come up, and you don't have to because that's not your job. Your job is to sow the seed, spread the seed, scatter the seed. We don't understand it all, but the kingdom of God is growing. Even during COVID, the kingdom of God is growing. It is ever-growing. Whether we're sleeping or awake, it's growing. And it's our job to be a part of it. It's our job to spread the seed. Each one of us, in our unique ways, have to spread our seed. And the Holy Spirit then does His part. 
So when the farmer scatters the seed, he can't keep waiting for ideal conditions. He's got to get out there when he has a chance. He's got to get out there and by faith go ahead and put that seed into the ground every opportunity that he gets when it's planting season. There can, there can be no harvest if the seeds are not scattered. And I remind us all of that today. I'm not sure who said this, but it's a quote I read years ago. I think it was from an old missionary, but he said this. He said, if you suffer without succeeding, it will mean later on that somebody else will succeed without suffering. Isn't that interesting? He went on to say, and on the other hand, if you succeed without suffering, it's because somebody else has suffered. He's talking about the price must be paid. Somebody must pay the price for success. It just doesn't come. So you've either paid it and not seen it, or you've either getting the success because somebody else paid the price for you. But th there's some truth to that. We, we, there, there is no harvest unless we plant. Um, look at this verse Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse 24. He said, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and what? Dies. It remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. See, the kernel of wheat must die in order to produce a great harvest. What did Jesus do? He suffered, he bled, and he died. He paid a price so that we could have life. It is, it's like his death on the cross was like a seed that that he died so that many could spring to life, so that many could receive and welcome and understand the love of God and the hope and, and, and just the future that he has for each of us. We have to be about our Father's business. We have to be planting seed and spreading it everywhere we go. Sometimes we will never see the harvest of the seed that we plant. Isn't that a bummer? But it's true. Sometimes you're not going to see the harvest of the seed that you plant. But you've got to be able to trust God that somewhere down the road, somebody else is going to reap and harvest the seed that you planted oh so many years ago. This is a truth that I think we know sort of innately in us. We, we know that it's right to spread the seed. We know that we must plant and scatter it everywhere and then leave it to the Lord. But we're, we, sometimes we're so driven by results that we, we try to pick and choose where we scatter seed because we want to scatter the seed and harvest. And that's not a bad, it's not a bad thing. But sometimes you just have to let it go. It's this control issue. You know what I'm saying? We're all control freaks. Just... Let it go. Let it go. When you have an opportunity, let it go. Here he is, an opportunity, let it go. There's another one, let it go. Here's another one, let it go. Here's another person, let it go. I don't know if they'll listen, let it go. I don't know if they'll believe this, let it go. I don't know if they'll think I'm a freak, let it go. Just let it go. And let the harvest, let the Lord of the harvest decide what seed, what seed will grow. That's not your job. And so 
It's important to understand that we have to sow the seed. Number two, we must be willing to wait. We must be willing to wait for the harvest. Look what Mark chapter 4, 28, Jesus said this, the earth produces the crops on its own. First the leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the, gra the grain ripens. It takes faith, and it also takes patience to keep scattering the seed. And there's usually a waiting period. I wish there wasn't, but there usually is. And we will always, always, I mean, maybe I'm guilty of it, but I'm sure many of you are too. We want to see the seed grow faster. Just believe now. Just get on with it now, right? But it doesn't happen on my timetable. That's the problem. I was thinking this week of a story when I was just a little boy. Maybe I'm thinking like pre-kindergarten. And uh, I got a seed or something or a nut or something I found in the woods. I brought it home and I said to my mom, I said, Mom, I want to grow this. And she said, okay. So she set me up and got a plant and, and uh, got a pot, you know, and we put dirt in it. And I, I put the seed down in and I covered it up and we watered it. A, a three, four-year-old boy is not very patient. Just want to say that. I think I waited three days and there was nothing going on. I didn't see anything. Nothing was going on. So you know what I did? I dug up the seed to see what was wrong, right? My mother says, no, you can't dig it up. You've got to wait. I go, oh, nobody told me I had to wait. I just wanted to come up overnight, you know? Like, but it's not on our timetable. You can't rush the harvest. And let me remind us all, we can't rush the growth of the seed. It grows on its own. And yes, some grow quicker than others. It's, it's true. Some are slow. Some, some just take more time. But they grow on their own, not on your timetable. Solomon in Ecclesiastes 11, verse 1, he said, Send your grain across the seas, and in time, and in time, profits will flow back to you. Send your grain across the seas, and in time, Profits will flow back to you. He's saying, look, do the right thing. Spread the seed. Be patient. Wait for the results to arrive. Solomon, who wrote this book of Ecclesiastes, was known as probably the wisest man that has ever lived, that God just instilled in him unbelievable insight and wisdom into everything. They said Solomon could talk about everything, animals, bugs, plants, uh, everything. The man was absolutely brilliant and wise about everything. But one thing that, that is not talked a lot about Solomon, but this is also true, Solomon was an incredible businessman. He knew how to make money. He was incredibly wealthy. The richest man probably that has ever lived was Solomon. Here's an example, 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 22, it says, the king had a fleet of trading ships of Tarshish that sailed with Hiram's fleet. And once every three years, the ships returned, loaded with gold, silver, ivory, apes, and... Yeah, so he became richer and wiser than any other king on earth. That's weird. That didn't come up on mine. Oh, well, bugs. <laughs> Keep going. Go to the next one. 
became richer than any other king on earth. Okay, maybe we won't. We'll stop there. But listen, here's the point. He becomes incredibly, incredibly rich. So this is what he would do. He loads up his ships. He builds these ships, first of all, which costs him a pretty penny. And then he loads them up and he, sh and he sends them off. Okay, And they're gone for three long years. That's a huge investment of building ships loading them up, paying the crew. I mean, it's a huge investment. And then off they go. What's his return in year one? Nothing. What's his return in year two? Nothing. But all of a sudden, every three years, he's patient and he's smart because he knows his investment is going to pay off. We must be willing to wait. That's the point. You keep making good decisions, keep doing the right thing, and, you know, and, and in time, you know, the results will follow. And I, I think that sometimes we short-circuit things in, in our lives because we're impatient. Anyone? You know, we, we just get impatient. And there's, a, there's a, a big part of the law of the harvest that when the seed is scattered... You've done that part. It's up to God now to let, it to let it grow. And it's not on your timetable. You're not in control. You have to wait and be patient, but the return will come. Paul said this in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. You got that one for me? There you go. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we, say it with me, don't give up. At just the right time. Don't get tired of doing the right thing. Don't get tired of doing the right thing. At just the right time, the harvest will come. So, we must be willing. Number three, we must be careful what we plant. We must be careful. If a farmer puts wheat into the ground, what do you expect him to harvest? Somebody tell me. Wheat, of course. Look at, and, and why? Because it's a, law of the, it's a law of the harvest. God set it in motion back in Genesis chapter 1, verse 11. You see the verse, put it up. It says, God said, let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kind. Of plants and trees from which they came and that is what happened that is weird okay but that is what happened so here you have here you have a seed of wheat or whatever goes into the ground it I mean it, it makes common sense now for us but when Adam and everyone's figuring it out he goes no you take those seeds you put it in the ground and the seed you know the same tree that that seed came from it'll grow that same thing Oh, okay, I got it, I got it. It's a law of the harvest, right? Um, Adrian Rogers, a great preacher who's gone on to be with the Lord, he was preaching about this uh, one time, and he said, I heard him say, it's, he called it a locked-in likeness, that the likeness is locked in. Like, you won't get cherries from an orange tree. So 
The whole point I want to make today is we've got to be careful about what we're planting because that's what we're going to get back. So if we plant disunity, we're not going to harvest unity. Someone said, uh-huh, right? If we plant hypocrisy, we're not going to harvest holiness. So we've got to be careful about the seeds that we're planting. It's going to work. This law of the harvest is going to work both positively and negatively. If you plant good seed, you get good crops. If you plant bad seed, you'll get bad crops. That's just how it's going to work. Luke chapter 6, verse 37, it says this, Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will all come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Now, I know that lots of people, you know, you, you, uh, I mean, pastors will talk, use this in terms of money, and it works for money too. It's just the law of the harvest. But look, if you need more forgiveness, try giving some away. You'll get it back. Pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. I mean, you're going to get it back and more. If you need more friends, why don't you try to be a friend? Be a little bit more friendly. You'll find that you'll make more friends. It'll come back to you. The same thing applies. Plant the kind of seed that you want more of. So you have to be careful about the kind of seed that you're planting. And keep in mind that the harvest is always greater than the seed, right? So, like, when you plant a seed, you, you get a lot more than a seed back. So, like, those of you who you probably have your gardens going now, like, you know that if you plant just a few tomato plants, you're going to have enough tomatoes to supply the whole country with tomatoes. <laughs> so it's just how those things flow, right? You get more back than what you planted. So shouldn't we be very careful about the seeds that we plant? This is the point, right? In Hosea chapter 8, we're not going to look at it, but when the Israelites had disobeyed, and, and the, the Old Testament is filled with, when they obeyed, they were doing great. Then they disobeyed, they did bad. They did, you know, they obeyed, and it was like this, this mountain, you know, this the, the, the graph chart would be like this, you know, in terms of their commitment to the Lord. And on one of those downtimes, the Israelites had disobeyed. They turned their back on God. And God came to the prophet Hosea in chapter 8, and he said, these people have planted the wind, and now they're going to reap the whirlwind. That's what he said. I was like, ooh. Meaning, you can't live your life in complete disobedience to God for six days a week and then run into church on Sunday morning and pray for a crop failure. It's not going to flow that way. Mm-hmm. We're going to get what we plant. And in fact, we're going to get back more of what we plant. So we better be careful about the kind of seed that we're putting in the ground. It's this basic principle that seems to be in play. So you're going to harvest what you plant, and you're going to get more of it. You plant the wind, better expect the whirlwind. You plant good stuff, 
then better expect to be blessed. That's just how it's going to flow. You plant good seed, we're going to get good harvest. And that's what I'm encouraging all of us to do today. So Jesus finishes off this parable, last point, point number four. He finishes it off by saying it's time to harvest. He said the harvest time has come. This story points to the next responsibility that's given to us. I want you to note in this parable, we begin and we have a part to play at the very beginning and we have a part to play at the very end. And, and it's God's part all in the middle. So we get up and we plant the seed and then at the end, it's our job to go out and harvest the crop. And God is responsible for everything else in the middle. So we're involved in the harvest. That's the other thing that we're responsible for. So he says, look, the kingdom is growing. Remember when we talked about the kingdom of God back a few months ago when everybody was here and we were talking about mustard seed, that it starts off as the smallest seed in the garden but grows, to the big, grows into the biggest plant that, that you've ever seen or leaven or yeast that you put a little bit of yeast in the bread and before long it permeates everything. This is the kingdom. It is growing. It is unstoppable. It is advancing. It is inevitable. It is happening. Whether you sleep, whether you're awake, whether you like it or not, the kingdom of God is inevitable and it is growing. And the farmer plants the seeds, leaves it for God to grow, and now and now he goes back to work to collect the harvest. You can't make the seed grow. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians, Paul said this in chapter 3, verse 5. He said, He said, I planted the seed. This is Paul talking now. He said, I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. Is that it? Okay. We do our part, and the Holy Spirit does His. Each of us has a different responsibility in the whole planting and harvesting thing. You might, someone might plant, someone might water, someone might do this, someone drives the tractor, some, someone picks up the shovel. Like what, Everybody has their own responsibility. But the point is, it's God makes it grow. We do our part, and the Holy Spirit does His. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, he said, go into all the world, you know, the Great Commission, go into all the world and make disciples. So he's saying we are co-laborers on a co-mission with the Holy Spirit. So he says in this passage, the harvest time has come. It's here, it's arrived. Now, honestly, have you ever wondered why we don't see more harvest? Have you ever thought, like, sometimes it just doesn't feel like the harvest time has come. Like, where is it, Lord? It feels like we're in a drought. We're in a bad season. We're in a bad time. There's not much is happening. Not much is going on. I, I, listen, we have all wondered that at times. I have wondered that too. But it leads me to ask myself a few questions when I start thinking like that. 
am I doing my part? Because I'm responsible for the seeding and the harvesting. I can't do the stuff in the middle, but I can, I can help at the beginning and at the end. So what am I doing? Am I doing my part? How can I be more involved in spreading seed? How can I be more involved in harvesting the crop that is ready? Am I spreading enough seed? Am I watering the seed that other people have planted? Is the seed that I'm planting more good than bad? What am I doing and how can I get more involved with the harvest? This is the questions that we need to be asking ourselves, not sitting in our chair saying, well, this, is, this world is horrible. Oh, well, we can't do this. We can't do that. Nobody listens. Nobody wants to hear. Everything is bad. Everything is dark. Well, if we do that, guess what our harvest will be? You see that, people at home? Zero. That's not the attitude to have. If we're wondering about why we don't see more harvest, don't blame it on the world, the church, the pastor, anybody else. Why don't you go home and take a look inside? Say, what am I doing? How can I do this better? Am I spreading enough seed? Am I spreading good seed? Am I walking around spreading seeds of disunity and critical thought and nasty negativity? Or am I spreading seeds of joy and love and hope in Jesus? And what about the harvest? Am I involved? Am I afraid? What can I do to do this better? There is a harvest that's waiting, Jesus says. So I encourage each of us to rise up as the children of God. We need to rise up and take heart that He is with us and that He is for us. That God does love this world and he does want to save and transform lives. He, he does want us to scatter seed. He does want us to be involved in the harvest. All he's asking us to do is to do our part. That's all he's asking. He's saying, do your part and leave the rest to me. John chapter 4, verse 35. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike? You know the saying, one plants and another harvests, and it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. There are, there are seeds that have been sown in our community for years that have been done by people who came before us. This church is in existence because of pastors and people who paid the price, who sacrificed, who worked hard, who poured their blood, sweat, and tears to make stuff happen. We are benefactors of that. And here we are now on the cusp of the last days, and Jesus says, it's harvest time. You're ready. There, there has to be a great awakening in our world. More people need to find the Lord. We are creeping ever closer to the end, and people need Jesus more than ever. And we have to get involved. He says, 
The harvest time has come. It's going to be bigger than you could ever imagine. It's, uh, you're going to get back more than the seeds that have been put in. He takes the seed that we scatter and he turns them into something greater and bigger and more powerful. And we are in such a unique time. And his return is close. So we've got to pray more. We've got to love more. We've, we've got to give more. We've got to get involved more in the harvest. The kingdom of God is growing. It is growing. It's growing all around us. Whether we see it, whether we know it, whether we recognize it, it's growing. God is growing His kingdom and building His kingdom. And listen, I'm encouraging us all today. This is a powerful truth, and we've got to be a part of it. Someone said amen. We must be a part of it. He is still the answer for the world today. He is still the God of the world who loves the world so much that He sent His Son. He is still a God who wants His people to be involved. He is the one that we must run to. He is the one that we must shout about. He is the one that we must live for. That His name must rise above ours. That He must become greater and we must become less. That in this time of harvest, we have got to get our tools out and do everything we can to bring in everything that the Lord wants to give us. I know it's sometimes not easy. And I know that sometimes those who are introverted or more quiet or things, God knows who we are. He's wired you and me just the way that you're, that you're supposed to be. You're not a mistake. You're not lacking. You're just who you're supposed to be. Because you're unique. You're powerful. You're gifted. And God wants to use your uniqueness and your gifts that he's given you to be planting seed and to be harvesting the seed that comes your way. There's people that you're going to talk to that you can reach that I never would and vice versa. But if we all go out, that's the mission field, that's the harvest field. We come in and get taught and get encouraged and then we go out and we're difference makers out there once we hit those doors. This is what we're called to do. This is who we're called to be. And so I encourage us all this morning, we've, we've just got to do a better job of this. We've got to do a better job of it. It's not a condemning thing. It's an encouraging thing. He is with us. He is for us. And he wants us to do this. And he will empower us and equip us to do what he's called us to do. He doesn't throw us out and leave us alone. He says they are in this world, but they are not of this world. We are aliens and strangers out there. This is not our home, but we're here called to do a job, to tell people about the Lord and to scatter as much seed as we can. Let the Lord of the harvest worry about the growth. You just scatter the seed. And when harvest time comes, reap it and take in as much as you can. Someone said amen. 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 Thanks for coming today. We're going to close in prayer. We're going to start a new series next Sunday. Uh, it's going to be our summer series for the month of July and August. And it's called Subject to Change. And uh, we're going to uh, work our way through a whole bunch of Bible characters who were changed by times of isolation in their lives. And uh, look forward to getting into that 
series, and uh, we're going to begin next week. Why don't we stand together? Let's bow and pray. Father, thank you today. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your power. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us the privilege and the responsibility to be involved in kingdom work. Not just, not just earthly work, but kingdom work. Work that actually matters. Uh, there's lots of things we do that matter, but this kind of work matters into eternity. It matters for all time. And so thank you, Father, for giving us the privilege of being a part of your family. Thank you for giving us the privilege of being a part of your work. Help us, Lord, to be men and women who are anxious to serve you. Give us, Lord, the heart and the desire to spread seed, to spread more seed, and to make sure we're spreading good seed. Lord, I believe that we all actually are spreading seed, whether we know it or not. But sometimes we may not be spreading good seed. So remind us today that as we live, as we talk, as we interact, as we go to stores, as we talk to our neighbors, as we do business, Lord, our seed, our reputation, our character, our integrity, it's all seed. Help us to make sure that we're spreading good seed. And we're going to trust you, Lord, to harvest it at just the right time, in your way and in your time. And so I pray today a blessing, Lord, on each one here. I pray, Lord, that you would encourage us to be about our Father's business. For the time, Lord, is drawing nigh, and we must be involved in kingdom work. So thank you for each one today. Bless us, encourage us, Lord, and use us, Lord, even during this strange time, Lord, of COVID-19. Use us and give the church and give church people, Lord, more opportunities, not less, to spread seed and to talk to people about your goodness and your beauty. Thank you, Father, today. We love you and we bless you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. God's people said amen. Amen. God bless you, everybody. See you, everybody. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Stovall Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information about Stovall Pentecostal Church, including service times, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. Have a good week and God bless.